your hosts have earned a reputation as fierce and effective advocates inside and outside of the courtroom. Both partners are experienced trial attorneys who have been board certified in family law by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization. For this episode, we want to talk about something different than just a legal topic. We wanted to talk about the client experience at Walters Gilbreth and you know, what we're going for and what we are offering for our clients that hire us or work with our law firm. So, Brian, I kind of want to start with you. If somebody asked you, kind of, what's the values of the law firm? What makes your business different? You know, what are your thoughts on that? That's the first thing that comes to mind is how we treat our clients, which is easy to say, right? But it's really fundamental. And we've really thought about it differently and do things very, very differently than other firms. We hear it all the time when people come over to us from other firms they're not happy with, or they choose us to start with whatever. We take client service really seriously and we do it in a way and measure it and keep track of it and compensate our staff based on it. All things that that are very, very different than anybody else in, in our field. Well, give us an example just from the client perspective. You know, somebody calls our office. What's the first thing, I guess, in your head that pops on what we try to do different than you know, everybody else? Yeah, for somebody that's, you know, like you said, calling to, they need a lawyer, they need a family lawyer. Well, the first thing you notice about that process is that it's actually very difficult to get a hold of a lawyer. It's amazing to me, but it's true. It's uh, We hear this so frequently and our intake people comment on it all the time as you can't get up and they don't answer their phone don't answer their emails, they don't answer their chats or whatever. If they do, it's usually them getting back to them and it takes, it's often takes time to get back to them. Even if someone on the staff gets back to them, they usually just kind of take down basic information. But yeah, but I've just got served with papers. I need an attorney. You know, I've got a hearing in four days. Well, you know, the earliest we can get you in, you know, to see the lawyer is probably next week. Well, that's after my hearing. Well, sorry. I mean, that's the typical experience that people get, which is terribly frustrating. I mean, this is a matter of, these are really important matters and to leave people like that. And that's just the intake procedure. It typically gets worse when you've actually hired the lawyer. Yeah. What we hear a lot of times. Yeah. Once you get the money, it's worse. Right. But, you know, we've talked about this in other podcasts. Yeah, you're right. It's just fascinating to me. I don't know. I've had to hire lawyers in my life, probably more than I thought I'd have to at this stage of my life. But I've had to hire lawyers, and it's just shocking to me when you call and you say, "I want to, you know, I want to pay you money," and it's okay. Well, we'll get back to you in the next, you know, week or so, or maybe somebody will call you now, or you can come meet with Mister So and So or Miss So and So next Wednesday at three o'clock if you come to the office. Like this, I'm going through a lawsuit, or I'm thinking about going through a lawsuit. Like this is not a fun time in my life. I don't want to sit around and wait to go talk to a lawyer. Uh, I mean, my personal experience, and I know people call in our firm, like when you pick up the phone or do you know online submission, you're at the point where it's like, I need a lawyer in my life. That You haven't come to that decision easily. Most people don't wake up thinking it'd just be lots of fun to go talk to a lawyer today about what's going on in my life. So it's, it's already a difficult experience and then compounded with the, you're not talking to a lawyer right away. You know, you call the office and nobody calls you back or makes you wait. It's just, which is bizarre to me, right? I'm trying to pay you money to represent me. And how many people report to us that just the initial experience is difficult to get a hold of a lawyer? And, you know, I think it's more than that. I think it sort of sets the tone 
that, and we've talked about this in other episodes, but you know, how the lawyer is, you know, more important than the client and, you know, maybe we'll have time for you. Maybe not. We'll see. And almost right from the initial creating this barrier between the lawyer and the client that, like you just said, you know, gets worse. It never gets better, right? If you have the experience at intake, it's not going to get better once you give a lawyer money. So I guess talk to us. So let's say somebody comes in and does a consult. What's that look like? Yeah, I mean, we tried to make that easy a long time ago, long long before the COVID stuff. I mean, I used to before that, and you did too. You know, we'd say, you know, do you want to just do this consult over the phone, or do you want to do it, you know, by video, or do you want to come into the office, or do you want to come into one of our satellite offices that are closer to you? And you know, long before this, you know, remote became so popular, we were doing the vast majority of our consults by phone. I mean, when you live in a big city, you don't want to drive an hour to go see a lawyer downtown somewhere and then drive an hour back or however far away you live. And that's the approach we've taken. I think you and I had the same experience. We, especially as I was in business, took a few years off from, from being a lawyer midpoint in my career. And I said, I had to hire lawyers too for that business. And it was very interesting to be on the other side of that desk or that relationship. And, you know, I both learned to do things differently and think about it really differently. And Think about it like a business. I mean, you know, it's in some ways it's like a medical emergency, right? If you got served with papers and you have a hearing in four days and your spouse wants to not let you see your kids or something, that's kind of the equivalent of an emergency room visit, right? And then can you imagine going to the emergency room at a hospital and I'm telling you, well, you know, wait outside for two days until we get back to you? It's not okay. Sort of seeing that same experience even when it comes to hiring the law firm. I mean, people, you know, sometimes it takes time for, do the console with a lawyer and then, you know, they mail you or give you some paper contract to read over and it takes forever to get that done. I mean, typically, I mean, so the experience in our office is, you know, somebody calls in and they do a consult. You know, sometimes it's interesting. Sometimes even people hire us without even doing a consult with you or I, Brian, or one of our associates. Like they've read online, you know, the product that we have. It's like, I don't want to pay for the consult. I've decided that this is what I'm going to do. And they just hire us without even talking to to one of us but if somebody talks to us you know at the end of the consult they will have a contract within the next five minutes in their email i mean if you want a paper contract knock yourself out we can get you a paper contract but you know it's an e-signature it's online pay and we get moving right away i think that's the other thing that i think shocks people if they have experience with a different law firm but uh, you know also those that even those that don't really appreciate about us like you sign a contract with us we're going to get moving right away Things are going to get drafted and filed immediately. So you're not going to hear from your lawyer, you know, thanks for your money. You'll hear from us in a few days. It's even if it's just filing a response, letting the other side know that we're, we're representing you. That people want to see that done right away. And I think a lot of law firms don't have that sense of urgency and certainly lose that sense of urgency once they have the contract and retainer paid. Now they kind of think that we don't, we can kind of leave customer service at the door because we've got the money already. So, you know, we'll just kind of approach things the way we, the lawyers want to do it rather than thinking about it from the client's perspective. Yeah. And something else we do that we implemented a while ago, we're still talking about the initial contact process is that there was always this tension between, you know, okay, you want to consult, well, that's, you know, you could have those be free or those cost money. And we decided a long time ago they needed to cost money. Our, that's what we bill for is our time, and we want people to take them seriously. But there's a lot of people that don't need that 
you know, fairly expensive hour long sit down or phone call about the details. Like they know what they need to do. Like you said, they, and so what we do that nobody else does that I'm aware of is if we have an intake team and they kind of have some things they're looking out for, but if it makes sense, and this does about five times a day, probably we have these kind of calls where they'll put the person in touch directly with us, texting everybody's mobile phones uh, to speak to you and I for 10 minutes or so. And that's usually enough for quite a few of these folks to say, all right, that's, I just needed to kind of hear your voice and make sure you could handle my case and, you know, and let's go ahead and go forward. Or sometimes it's the opposite. We tell them like, no, you know, we can't help you. You don't, you know, your case belongs in Iowa or wherever it is. And much, much better way for everybody to kind of get to the point and figure out what they need to do. And I think it's really helpful. I'm really proud of that. It's something, you know, we've thought about, you know, I've talked about it and done variations on it over the years. And I think we've finally got the the secret sauce of making it work for us and for the potential clients. Well, so talk to me about, you know, when, when somebody hires, they've got us, we've done the initial paperwork. How's a case proceed once somebody hires the law firm? You know, kind of what are the steps, what are the alarm bells that go off internally? And what's the external product look like for the client? Right. So the first thing that's going to happen is they're going to, person who's hired us, if they don't already have it, they're going to get my mobile number or your mobile number. Step one. And they probably already have it since they probably have talked to one of us or consulted with one of us before. But if they don't, they're going to get one of our phone numbers. In addition, they'll get the also the mobile number of one of the associate attorneys who's going to be assigned to the case. And then internally, we have a series of automations that create a case file in our system. It creates a Slack channel, soon to be Microsoft Teams channel. And the attorney that's assigned to the case, either you or I plus one other associate will be inserted into that and tasks will start to be assigned within our system. You know, we've seen this happen. If you don't automate these things and aren't careful, you know, we'll have seven cases come in on a day and someone will, if you're not careful, someone will forget about the seventh one and not do anything on the case for a week. And then they'll call us and say, well, you know, did you file my lawsuit last week that I needed you to? And, you know, that's a situation we never want to have happen. So we're really careful about that. And then number two, to get cracking on it immediately. It's not like you said, it's not going to be all right. Well, now that we have your money on your retainer fee, we'll, we'll get to this when we feel like it. It's going to be work on day one. I mean, I'm frequently hired on things. I'm sure you are too. That's, you know, we get hired in the morning and we have something on file by 3 p.m. in the afternoon with yeah. the courts or faster sometimes if there's a real emergency. So that is our commitment to get things going as quickly as possible, because we know how important it is. If it's pressing, right? I mean, if it's right. a, in case it's not pressing, then we then we don't need to. But yeah, most of them, are. yeah, I would say ninety nine of our hundred are. Because even if it's not an emergency or emergency order, it's just you know, if I've hired a lawyer, I want to see something. Unless there's a strategic reason why we're not filing something, or we're thinking about it and processing. You know, sometimes people hire me and say, "I want to go ahead and retain you, but I, I'm not ready to file for divorce yet." You know, I'm talking to my therapist, or I'm processing it. Which is, you know, something that we encourage, right? It's a big decision. Then maybe it's test something to get filed that day, but otherwise, you know, you hired a lawyer, you're going to want to see something. And the way we accomplish that, I think, something that puts us apart is, I mean, we've got, I think, the latest count was 27. We got 27 lawyers at this law firm. So every single case when it comes in, and we have this discussion with the clients at the very beginning intake process, is you know, we have me and Brian, the partners. And then we have associates that work for us, really good associates. We've worked really hard on finding the right lawyers to work for us. I tell people all the time, a lot of our associates, 
not better lawyers than me. They're going to be someday. I mean, we have really talented lawyers that work for us, but every single case gets an associate. And so some cases, you know, and we give the client the option. Some cases, somebody calls in, just, I just want an associate handling this case, right? Y'all have a good product at Walters Gilbreth. I, you know, read your reviews. You know, I want to have an associate handling the case, at least at the start, right? If we need to get Brian and Jake involved, we can talk about that. But I prefer to pay a lower retainer, you know, a little bit lower hourly rate, and let's have an associate handle it. And those cases, you know, come in, sign up, get the associate out, the associate starts running with the case. And sometimes people hire, you know, they have an associate, you know, handle the case and they say, well, this trial is coming up. I want Jake to do it. And, and then we have that discussion with the client and, you know, what's the cost look like and everything, just so it's an informed decision. And then we have cases that call in to say, I want Brian or Jake on the case from the very beginning. And those cases get associated as well, because that associate's going to be pushing the case forward just as if it was the associate's case, but with me and Brian along, giving the direction and taking the lead with the other side on hearing and stuff like that. But the point being is every single case has a lawyer on an associate right off the bat. Clients retain me or Brian to be on the case. They have both of us on it. And that moves the case forward a lot faster than, you know, if you call Brian, I think you mentioned either this episode or before when we weren't recording that you just got done with a three-day trial, right? Well, people still need Brian Walters even when he's trying a three-day custody case. So Getting Brian and his one of his really talented associates gives people that contact with you or with me if I'm on the case, even if I'm in depositions or you're in court or whatever. It's like somebody is on this case. Somebody's available to you to be working. And I just think it sets us apart. And it's also why we spend so much time making sure that we hire good associates to work for us because that's part of the product. It's not just you and me. You get the whole firm. You get our really talented lawyers that work with us. Right. In fact, we've got four attorney job openings right now, and I have had them for a little while. And I, you and I refuse to hire any of the candidates we have in front of us. We, we're waiting for the right candidates. We'd rather go without. So, And then I think as you go through the case, you know, we the key to any relationship, whether that's a marriage or a business partnership or an attorney-client relationship, is good communication. And I think there's three parts of it. It's proactive, empathetic communication. So the most basic component of that is just communication. I remember, you know, kind of in the old days, 10 days ago, I'd come back, 10 years ago, I'd come back from court and, uh, you know, the secretary would have like the little pink pull sheets. And, you know, every time somebody called it, you know, with their name, phone number, what they were calling about. And I, you know, I'd come back from a day in court or lunchtime and I'd have 10 of them on my desk. And, you know, or at the end of the day, there'd be eight of them sitting there. And I remember, you know, just being like, all right. I'm going to get back to all these people before I leave for the day. And um, now I'm going to start with the call I, I least want to make. <laughs> I'm going to put that one on top. And uh, just get that out of the way. And I think most lawyers have got the opposite approach to it, which is, well, you know, I'm the lawyer. They're the client. They can wait. So that's the first thing. I mean, like I said, you have, you're going to have our mobile numbers. So you just you know text my iPhone and all my clients can do that and, and get an answer. Or, or at least I'll tell you, hey, I can't get back to you until 6 o'clock. So that's just the fundamental act of communicating and responding to clients. That's the number one complaint I get when people switch over to us and hire us as their second lawyer is that my lawyer won't get back to me. Yeah, just to talk about points, the easiest thing in the world to do is just to call people. I mean, and it's something that we really emphasize with our staff, too, because, you know, the associates, I think we do one of the main things that we do different is we actually ask our clients how we're doing. 
you know, we send our clients surveys or we, we call them and see how they're doing. We're actually working towards automating that process to where we want to hear feedback. Because if I've got somebody that works for me, or, or if it's me, right, if you got to complain about me, but if I've got somebody that works for me and I find out that somebody that's hired my law firm, you know, my product, Brian's product, and I have a lawyer that works for me that's not communicating with a client, I want to hear about it because that's a huge problem if that's going on. Now, we don't have that problem at our law firm, but if it comes up, I want to hear about it. Or if a client tells me, it's like, hey, Jake, I texted you two days ago. You haven't gone back to me. That's mortifying that that happens. And I want to hear about it. So, you know, I think that's something else that we sort of add on top of it is not just, you know, you can get Jake, you can get Brian, you can have a mechanism to, you know, let us know how we're doing. And we really do emphasize though with our associates that communication is key. I mean, I think other law firms, other lawyers too, it's just, there's some of that. It's just the, I'm the lawyer, you're the client. So I'm more important than you. And I'll get back to you whenever I feel like it. And then some of it's just, I don't want to have a hard conversation with my client, right? It's family law. You're not always delivering the best news in the world. Like no matter what, you know, I call you about, you're still going to be going through a divorce and a custody case. That's not fun. And so even if you're even, you know, for having this great result in court or anything like that, it's still a hard time, right? And sometimes it's not great news of what's going on. And I think lawyers sometimes have a tendency rather than just pick up the phone or do a Zoom call or text their client and talk about kind of hard things that are going through the case. The, you know, I'll do that tomorrow or I'll do that later this week. I'm busy right now. And that's real tempting as the lawyer to do that. You know, I get why that feels better in the moment, but it just makes the problem worse. I've never had a client complain to me because I, you know, called them too soon or texted them too soon or the associate was in too much communication with them. I get a lot of complaints about other law firms that they're not hearing from partner on their case, the associate on their case. And that's just something we kind of insist on doing differently. Absolutely. And the second part of that after just active communicating is empathetic communication. So the classic example you and I always give is the dump on the clients at five o'clock on Friday with incoming discovery. Do you want to, that's actually a classic lawyer move, but do you want to explain what that is and why that's not a good idea and what we would do in place of that to be empathetic, to understand, you know, hey, this would be really stressful for a client. Yeah, that's exactly the example we give to our associates when training, right? It's the, the stereotype is the other side sends discovery. Discovery is a formal process of exchanging information in a lawsuit, but it's overwhelming. I mean, it's not unusual to get a hundred requests for production from everything down to your bank statements to a copy of your driver's license, right? 25 interrogatories or the other side's asking for deposition. I'm sorry, asking for disclosures or the Ryan asking for a hearing or deposition. That's all routine stuff in our world, but it's just amazing to me. And not just in family law, just lawyers in general, just send it to the client and go, here you go, see attached. Or see attached, we'll talk about it you know, next week. Uh, you need to know right away, you know, what is this? Because it may not be nearly as bad as it looks from the client's perspective. You know, a good example is those requests for production. Yeah, it's 100 requests for production, but we're only going to have to produce, you know, these five items. So don't freak out when you get it. But having that communication, this is what it is, right? Now, or if it's not, you know, if you don't have an opportunity to say this is what it is, like if the client's busy, you can't talk, it's like, this is what it is. Let's you and I talk later this afternoon. Let's talk tomorrow. You know, don't freak out about this. We've got it. You know, so having that level of communication, I think, is different. And and on that point, I mean, I think that's what clients really think they want to hear. It's like they don't want to hear from the lawyer everything's great and everything's going to be amazing, right? You're going through a divorce. You're going through a custody case. 
that's not fun. That, that's not a fun time in your life for most people. But we're going to be there, right? Like, if things are great, things are bad, things are in between, like, we're going to be there for you, win, lose, or draw, and we're going to be there right beside the client all the way. I mean, a lot of that's communication, right? But it's also just sort of sticking it in there with the client. You know, think about a case all the way going through court, right? Being with the client all the way through court. Brian, you just tried a three-day trial. You know, you're there with the client. You get your ruling. You're there with the client talking about what this means and talking through them, being available for the client moving forward. And, you know, you think that'd be kind of common sense, particularly in the line of work that we do, but it's not. And I think just another thing that sets us apart from from other people and something that we train our associates on and and also make sure that we hire people that have that ability to be empathetic with the clients and also and just be there for them, you know, by their side the whole way. That's why they hire us because they need a lawyer with them, an advocate for them. Yeah, I mean, I keep coming back to the medical analogies, but I mean, imagine you go in for your annual checkup and you get a, an email at 5 p.m. from your doctor that says on Friday that says, uh, hey, you got cancer. Give us a call sometime. But by the way, we're closed till Monday. I mean, can you imagine that? But that's sort of what lawyers do with this stuff. And that which brings up the last point, which is proactive, right? Like, let's prepare folks for what's happening. I mean, medical analogy again, you know, oh, all right, you got cancer, you get the email five o'clock on Friday, and uh, we'll see you on Tuesday for uh, surgery. What kind of surgery? What does that mean? What's my prognosis? You know, am I going to die? I mean, well, you know, you think you'd want to tell people that. And I mean, the classic one to me is in our field is mediation, which is, you know, this process of, um, there's so much misunderstanding about it. And why wouldn't there be, right? Like there, people are not clients are not lawyers. Why would they understand what mediation is? But it's a place where you go and you each sit in separate rooms in a professional mediator, typically a retired judge or somebody goes back and forth between the rooms. These days we do it on Zoom a lot, Zoom rooms, and you negotiate and you know for the day. And very, very frequently it's successful. But can you imagine just you know, as somebody's showing up? I mean, right. most of my clients, before I talk to them, think that it's everybody's going to be in the same room. So they're going to be sitting there talking to their div- person they're divorcing or whatever all day, you know, screaming at each other. They have no idea what's a start, a reasonable settlement would be, what a starting point is, what a bottom line is. Instead, they just show up. They don't know what's going on. They're stressed out. They probably can't sleep the night before. And their lawyer's like, hey, today's the day when we're going to decide the fate of your children and your all the money you've ever earned during your marriage. So sit down and right. why don't we make this as the first offer, which they haven't reviewed with them. I mean, it's just astounding, that, but that's typical behavior by lawyers. And it's no wonder lawyers are you know, below used car salesmen and their people's view of them on on average. (laughs) Well, before we go to the last topic, which is kind of, I want to talk about kind of the skill set of our lawyers and you and I and the type of cases we do, but either the medical analogies, now I'm going to tell my doctor joke, which when Sarah, my wife, listens to this, she's going to roll her eyes. But all right, so the doctor calls the patient and says, okay, I'm sorry to do this, but I've got bad news and I've got worse news for you. And the patient goes, oh my goodness. Well, I guess Give me the bad news first. And the doctor goes, well, bad news is we got the test results back and you've got 24 hours to live. And the patient goes, oh, my goodness. God, what's the worst news than that? And the doctor goes, yeah, I forgot to call you yesterday. So that's my doctor joke, right? <laughs> it just goes back to communication being important. So everybody can roll their eyes at my cheesy joke, but I think it's a good analogy. And then last thing I'll say, you know, it's a skill set of our lawyers, right? Going back to that, you know, when we. Not you and I, I think, are very good lawyers. That's why we've gone to where we're at right now. But it's also the skill set of the lawyers around us, people that we hire. We make sure to hire really good lawyers. Like you and I are board certified in family law. We also have board certified associates. 
we you know put all our associates on the board certification track. It's important to us to not just be a good customer service when it comes to communication, everything like that, but also to have a really good work product and really good, you know, in the courtroom, dealing with complex legal issues, that type of stuff. I think something that we're really proud of that we do in the firm. And I think the testament to that is, you know, we have all the time other law firms call us and say, you know, other family law firms sometimes and say, look, I've got this complex case that's going to trial and I want to bring y'all in. I want to bring, you know, one of your associates in or bring Jake or Brian in. And then we end up co-counseling a lot with uh, family lawyers. And we have clients that call us, potential clients that call us sometimes. And, you know, I really like my lawyer. I like the way the job he or she's doing. They're really empathetic and they communicate with me. But it's, I think this is a little bit more complex than what he or she can handle. Can you come in and co-counsel? Or we get that call from the lawyer that says, can you, can you try this case with me or try this case for us? And I think that we get those calls routinely and that we're showing up with other law firms or having a handoff from a law firm that calls us. Or, you know, you get the phone call from the criminal defense lawyer that has a complex family law matter for a client that needs to go to us. Or, you know, the corporate lawyer that's he's got a client that has a business, but he or she's going through a divorce. And right? We get those phone calls. I think the reason we get those phone calls is is because of the work product that we do and kind of that we had the experience in complex cases. I mean, we've taken the cases that end up court of appeals or, you know, end up getting talked about advanced family law, CLEs and stuff like that. Like we do those cases. All our lawyers do those cases. And I think that puts us apart. Yeah, that's very true. Well, I think that's kind of a, an overview. There's obviously a lot more. We put information on our website. I mean, a lot of it, if you want to know what makes us different, just read our Google review, right? Like those aren't written by me or written by Brian or even our staff. It's just the client experience. And we read them too. And we're always trying to enhance the experience and do better. Always want to hear from our clients, want to hear from our listeners. This is a reminder. We're now getting listener feedback for if there's topics y'all want us to cover. Uh, you can just email. It's podcast at waltersgilbreth.com. That email is also listed in the bio. So feel free to reach out. Let us know what you want to hear about. But I think that'll wrap it up for this episode. Sounds good. All right. I'll talk to you soon. For information about the topics covered in today's episode and more, you can visit our website at waltersgilbreth.com. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of For Better, Worse, or Divorce, where we post new episodes every first and third Wednesday. Do you have a topic you want discussed or a question for our hosts? Email us at podcast at waltersgilbreth.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time.